This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money Business Radio, Sirius XM. Channel 132, I'm Kent Smith, a professor in Philadelphia here at the Wharton School. We're still not back in the studio due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but if you're looking for a fee-only financial advisor, remember you can always go to my website, kentonmoney.com. And uh, late last month, President Biden signed into law the COVID-19 Bankruptcy Relief Extension Act of 2021, which extends temporary bankruptcy relief provisions granted by the CARES Act for another year. And so today's guest is an expert who can help you figure out uh, if this type of protection is good for you, whether it's for you or your small business that's hit by that pandemic. So I'd like to welcome Jonathan Carson, who is the CEO of Stretto, one of the nation's leading bankruptcy technology and services firm. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for coming onto the show. Thanks for having me, Ken. Great to be here. So let's talk first about the COVID-19 Bankruptcy Relief Extension Act, you know, what are the temporary relief provisions that have been extended? Sure. The Bankruptcy Relief Act, which President Biden signed last month, as you referenced, really is just an extension of some of the provisions put into place in the CARES Act last year. The biggest item on the bankruptcy side pertains to the one-year extension of the debt limit increase to qualify for small business bankruptcy under what is called subchapter five of the bankruptcy code. Yeah, and there's all these different chapters that you mentioned, subchapter five, this chapter 11, seven, 13, um, all those different types of uh, bankruptcy. And so just explain to the, the, the listener, you know, what, what are the differences between these uh, different areas and then, you know, help them understand how the act amends the definitions as part of the relief package. Sure. Maybe we can start with what I mentioned as Subchapter 5 directly affected by the Bankruptcy Relief Act. Subchapter 5 is the bankruptcy code provision that allows a small business owner to reorganize the business without some of the heavy cost and logistical burdens that accompany filing for Chapter 11. This extension takes the debt limit from $2.5 million to $7.5 million, meaning a small business that has north of $2.5 million, but less than $7.5 million in relevant debt, now is able to take advantage of subchapter five and therefore probably have an increased likelihood to emerge with the go forward business rather than having to liquidate that business in a different part of the bankruptcy code. As you mentioned, the extension was set to expire in March originally of this year and it got moved out another 12 months, which is what happened in the Bankruptcy Relief Act. Really interesting, I think the, uh, you know, the Subchapter 5 is a great example of the strength of our U.S. bankruptcy system, really the best of its kind anywhere in the world. Um, but it does have different chapters, as you mentioned. Subchapter 5 is a very small piece that takes small businesses into account. When you think about Joe's Window Washing Inc. from any town USA who maybe had a hard time as a result of the pandemic, People may have been less interested in strangers walking around the house washing windows, but Joe wants to keep the business and needs to help reorganizing some of those pieces. Subchapter five is a great way for him to be able to do that 
rather than perhaps having to face a closure under chapter seven. Happy to continue on and discuss the other yeah. chapters, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think, and this this act really focuses on the, the smaller business chapter five. You you, you mentioned. I mean, it's it's it certainly there's uh, you know for the, for the listeners, there's different ways of thinking about bankruptcy. Some of it is the final distribution of assets that has has to happen. You're literally going out of business. In other cases, it's about getting uh, creditor relief in order to uh, eventually reorganize. And that's really the focus of this. So there have been filings over the past year, uh, nonetheless. So for bankruptcy, uh, explain you know the data, what's what's going on, why are people filing it, even if there's some extensions. Sure, I think one of the great concepts or maybe underlying tenets of our bankruptcy system is what we call the fresh start. Really, the best kind of its kind in the world. The bankruptcy system allows American debtors a fresh start, whether on the personal side or the business side. We did talk about small business for a bit, moving into the personal financial world. Really, personal bankruptcy numbers are down over the course of the last year to year and a half, which may be surprising to some. Top two reasons people generally will look to file for bankruptcy are difficult medical expenses and job loss. With a global pandemic and 20 million people unemployed, you would think bankruptcy filings would be up, but in fact, they're down nearly 30% year over year. Really, we saw just under 550,000 total bankruptcy filings in 2020, which is down from nearly 775,000 the year before in 2019. When you think about why, it really pertains directly to what's happened in the last 15 months. Through the CARES Act and otherwise, the government really created a protective shield around the American consumer that protects them from some of the short-term financial challenges resulting from this pandemic. This shield came in a few different forms. We had stimulus checks. We saw deferral programs for student loan debt. We saw moratoriums on evictions, anti-repossession statutes. Other measures meant to help individuals that may have fallen out of hard times manage through these difficult situation of the pandemic. This short-term relief certainly did enable Americans to more easily navigate the challenges that came with lockdowns and business closures. And there might not be a hard and fast end in sight to these programs, but at some point they, they will come to an end. And um, when it does, that, that's probably gonna mean some financial challenge for a lot of people out, out in the country. Yeah, and certainly being more generous with the bankruptcy protection would encourage bankruptcy, but as you pointed out, there's been so much stimulus money. In fact, that even explains why uh, its credit scores, which normally fall during recessions, actually improved slightly during this current recession. So much uh, money out there from, from, from the federal government. Another topic for another day of how we're gonna pay all that back. But nonetheless, uh, you're right. It's been an incredible amount of stimulus relative to, say, 2008. So are we going to think about later this year? I mean, things, you know, put this in air quotes, moving back to normal. Are we going to see more filings uh, later this year? Great question. As the economy recovers and, and we as a society return to a more normalized post-COVID state, this government relief is going to dissipate. And the consumer is going to have to start making debt payments once again. That scenario leads a lot of experts to project increasing numbers when it comes to bankruptcy filings. 
And the potential for that rise to be dramatic really is out there, depending on what may happen in the government when it comes to certain of the matters they're talking about right now, certain types of debt, in particular student loan debt, could have a, a great impact on our bankruptcy system, depending on what reform might look like if we do, in fact, see that reform in this administration. Yeah. And so let's think about it from the listener's perspective, uh, from the macro to the micro here. I mean, what are some good reasons you think a listener should be thinking about you know, filing for bankruptcy? You know, the, pro, the pros and cons and what kind of bankruptcies should they maybe be thinking about, whether it's reorganization or just kind of a full bankruptcy? Sure. Maybe we can keep ourselves in kind of the personal bankruptcy realm, given given your yeah. leadership and the nature of the show. Um, and maybe an example could be helpful. We have Mary Smith, who might live in any town USA and have a decent job and some money put aside for retirement. But maybe she has no health insurance and has a difficult health situation like a heart attack, who finds herself in a position where she can't pay a debt. Usually in that situation, she'll look out for the advice of a, of a lawyer. Maybe she'll find a recommendation from a friend. Maybe she'll go on to the internet and do some searching. But there are 10,000 plus lawyers nationwide who specialize in bankruptcy from Florida to Seattle, from Arizona to Maine. And they help people like Mary consider her options. In some situations, it might be the right path for her to look to file for personal bankruptcy, whether doing it by way of Chapter 7, in which case she may just seek to liquidate what she has and look for that fresh start, or otherwise maybe through chapter 13, which would let her maybe continue owning a key asset like a house and come to a repayment plan to pay back creditors a certain amount over time. You know, the process maybe can be, can be a bit time consuming depending on the specifics of the case, but in the end, Mary hopes to receive a discharge and that discharge kind of absolves her from liabilities that went away as part of the bankruptcy there are some very important types of debt that cannot be discharged in bankruptcy or where it takes much more effort to do so, such as student debts and certain other types of taxes and other liabilities, which is why it's so important to talk to an attorney who specializes in this area to see whether bankruptcy could be the right path forward. Right. And, and when we think about you know the classic distinction for an individual between Chapter 7 and Chapter 13, I mean, as you pointed out, Seven is really about liquidation, trying to do that restart. Thirteen is really about reorganization, still making payments and so forth. Um, and there, obviously, there's different eligibility restrictions and and things like that on their on their U.S. law. As we think about pe people are worried about their credit score kind of going forward. I mean, it does it, thirteen provide a little more, you know, protection in the sense of a fall in the credit score because at least they are trying to make repayments, or is it, it, it immaterial? Definitely not immaterial. You certainly do mention the idea of making payments as part of what's called a repayment plan in Chapter 13. Any kind of attempted recovery or fresh start like that that shows a willingness and an ability to repay some debts as you go forward um, certainly could help that, right. that individual as they emerge from a bankruptcy situation. It's also important just to contrast reorganization, which is typically a word we reserve for chapter 11, which right. is the corporate restructuring world, maybe a different topic for a different day. Um, but 13 does provide a better path forward in terms of the outlook for credit scores, keeping homes, things like that, than a straight liquidation path does. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about interest rates. You know, they're obviously low right now. Uh, you know, uh, Chairman, the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell is 
given suggestions of flexibility in the 2% inflation rule that will keep those rates low for, for, for a while. Uh, obviously, low rates typically means lower you know, amounts of bankruptcy, but a lot of people have credit card and other things at very high rates still. I, I, do you see a lot of, um, at the, say, at the personal level, is there a lot of sensitivity between, say, the federal funds rate, things like that, and bankruptcy following, or is that just more of a business thing? Oh, it's a great question, Kenton. I love that you do point out the, the very interesting correlation on the, on the corporate side between things like high yield debt and bankruptcy yeah. filings. Uh, again, maybe a different topic for a different day. On the personal side, we do watch interest rates closely. Interest rates are a super important indicator of what might happen in the bankruptcy system. A very large portion of debt in the marketplace in America fluctuates based on interest rates. And when interest rates rise and that debt burden becomes higher or more difficult, that is a dynamic that certainly does push many people to consider the entrance path to bankruptcy court. We are right now living in an environment of very low interest rates, and that means it's easier on the consumer to be able to find ways to navigate the path forward without bankruptcy. Again, one of the reasons we see bankruptcy filing is at a very low number, relatively speaking, when it comes to historical trends. Right. And then, and then finally, of course, your firm helps with this in terms of helping people file for bankruptcy. That is uh, your firm, uh, Stretto. Uh, but what are the next steps that people have? Um, you know, they, they're thinking about filing. They're worried about the expenses. They have to go out, hire a lawyer. So they're Googling their way through and trying to get, navigate all this. What are the kind of the next steps that someone takes uh, for, for uh, a file? Great question. I really would hope anyone in a situation considering uh, some challenge regarding repaying liabilities would think first and foremost about talking to an attorney who could help them in that situation. Stretto doesn't help any of these individual people. Stretto uh, has a handful of businesses where we operate the software and systems that really allow for the bankruptcy system to move forward, whether it's allowing attorneys to file documents with the court or allowing trustees to manage cases. The right next step for that listener, Mary Smith, or whomever it might be, would find to be a find an attorney who specializes in bankruptcy, have a conversation about what some of the options might be, um, and and hopefully there's a path that the system might allow to to provide her or him with the right fresh start. So really quickly, I mean, is there what's the best way uh, to find that attorney? Just googling, or do you have a, a site that you kind of recommend? No, no one site in particular. It's either looking on Google for bankruptcy attorney or looking at billboards on the freeway near where you live, or maybe even asking a friend in the neighborhood who might know a general practicing attorney that might be able to direct someone forward. Excellent. Fantastic. Jonathan, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me here, Kent. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and you can learn more about Jonathan's firm, Stretto, by going to their website, which is simply www.stretto. That's S T. R-E-T-T-O dot com. Again, Stretto.com. Um, Kent Smith, this is your money. Remember, again, you can connect with me by going to my website, kentonmoney.com. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.